what I want to do, we want to get into the message. Now, I gave you the Gospel of St. John, and I want to give you my subject uh, because uh, we, talk, uh, we taught a lot last week, I thought, but uh, uh, I'm not done. I want to talk about uh, the Gospel of John, uh, chapter 12, verse 38. I gave you that part, but I want to go down to verse 38 because I want to give you my subject. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 12. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go to Matthew. Go to Matthew 12, 38. I was going to use John for, for it, but I'm going to use Matthew 12 and verse number 38. So when Jesus was ministering to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, he called them an adulterous generation. Remember, that's the generation that will destroy it, uh, the generation of Cain. And verse 38 says, in Matthew 12, 38, it says, Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we will see signs from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation. May remember, that's who they were, because they were the children of Cain. An evil and adulterous generation seeketh a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So we want to use those verses and we're going to talk about three days and three nights. Now, all of this is going to come, come into focus because you have to understand that the Bible has consistently talked about three days and three nights. So let's, let's go back to Jesus' ministry and the Gospel of St. John, chapter 2, and let's see what he says in the Gospel of John. They were talking to him about his temple. So let's go down in verse number, chapter 2, and we're going to start reading with verse 13. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 2 and verse 13. Now, all through the Word of God, Jesus has been talking about three days and three nights. You have to understand what he's talking about. And then you understand when he was on the cross and he said, it's finished. And when he says finished, the third day was over. So if I go back and I look at Genesis chapter 1, and I go and look at the first chapter, I find out that creation took place. I'm talking about the earth and everything in it took place on the third day. But God is not talking about the planet. See, when God talking about the earth, he's talking about the promised land. And if you don't get that in your spirit, you'll never understand the Bible. When God talking about heaven, he's talking about Jerusalem. From Genesis to Revelation, Jerusalem is talking about where the king lived. 
It's Zion. It's Jerusalem. So if you don't understand that from, from Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, if you don't get that, he's talking about Jerusalem and the promised land. And the people who live there. That's what the Old Testament is about. So watch this. He says in John chapter 2 and verse 12, that's where we are. It says, and the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So we know he went up to Jerusalem because he is the king, but they don't know it yet. He found in the temple in his father's house. So he found in the temple in his father's house people who sold oxen, his sheep and dove, changes of money city. And when he had made a scourge, a small cause, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the changes money and overthrew the table. You can listen and see his anger. How they were treating the Lord's temple. Now you may look at that today and say, well, man, I tell you, he should have been mad. Well, how does he look at you today when he see how you treat the temple? That's why I keep saying to you, no, you're not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that's why we have to understand the word. To understand the word is to understand how I must live because God lives here now. All right, now watch what he said to them. In verse 16, he said to them that sold dove, take these things out of here. Make not my father's house. What did he call the temple? My father's house. What it is today? My father's house. The spirit of God lives in you. You got to understand it's the father's house. And house, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remember that it was written, the zeal of that house has eaten me up. Then answered Jews and said to him, what sign? Here we go again. Showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things. See, every time he would do something, they want to see a sign. While you're doing, that's how they did the prophets of the Old Testament. Every time they did something, they had to show, them, show, show a sign that he, was, he could do what he did. Then they would believe. He asked for a sign. And watch, here it is. In verse number 19. Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple. This is the only sign you got coming. And in three days, I will raise it up. Now, watch this, and don't forget the number, because he says, the Jews says, 46 years. Now, you ought to put that on your Bible, 46 years. He says, well, this temple in the building, and you're going to raise it up in three days? It took us 46 years to build this temple. But the Bible says he spake of the temple of his body. He spake of what? The temple of his body. So I want you to understand and put right there the body of Christ. Because what he was building is the temple of his body. You remember last week I said to you that Jesus had nowhere to lay his head? 
because his house wasn't built yet. So when God raised Jesus from the dead, his house was finished. So you have to understand what Jesus came to do. One of the things he came to do was to build his house. Go to Matthew 16. 16, 13. See, we could not have entered the house until it was built. Just like the people of Noah in Noah's days. That's why he lacked Noah's days. He said, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. The people in the days of Noah could not have entered into the ark until the ark was finished being built. So when I go back and read to you in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, he said this. And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men into me. King James used the word unto me. Men can come into me when I'm lifted up. Now you got to be able to see this because this is very powerful. Because remember, we are ministering on the revelation of Jesus Christ as a series. People could not come into the ark until... The ark was finished. So when Jesus cried out, it is finished, he was talking about building the ark. The glory of God could not come into the temple until the temple was finished being built. So that's why three days and three nights is so important because God gave me a teaching that I have never seen before. It's still in my book at the house and he just reminded me of it. And I never ministered because he had me putting down different things and the message was called, what if? That's far as I got. What if Christ was not raised from the dead? What if God did not come here and save you? See, what if he didn't take his power back? See, if you go through all the things that God has done for us, we don't understand hell is not somewhere you need to go. But if Christ has not come, and took the power back, Satan had the power of death and he had the power of hell. He got that through Adam in the garden. When Adam, when Adam made him the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he lost the power. That's why Jesus gave us, and I told you we read this one time, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, the three temptations, you get a chance, you want to look at that. One of those places says to him, all this power, this is what Satan said to Christ, all this power will I give you if you will fall down and worship me. He showed him all the kingdoms of Israel. See, King James used all the kings of this world. He's talking about all the kings of Israel. See, only a king in Israel could be king over the kingdoms in Israel. They was king of all Israel. 
Solomon was king of all Israel. See, so he showed him all the kingdoms of this world, King James says. He's talking about all the kingdoms of Israel. And when he showed him all the kingdoms, he said this, all these kingdoms I'll give you, I'll make you the king of all these kings, if you will fall down and worship me. Why was he saying that? Because he had deceived all the kings from Adam all the way down to Christ. See, all these kings that had fallen, they had fallen because he offered them power. So the enemy going to get your soul, he only had three things he used for his ammunition. Sex, money, and power. If you fall for those three, your soul will burn in hell for eternity. And that's how he has gotten Saul, the first king. You look at the king that has fallen. I one time I said all the king came out of Judea, uh, 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 Judah, Judea, of course, but it's, if they were God's kings, good kings, Judah, but there's some other people, other places that had kings, just like Saul. Saul was from Tarsus, but he wasn't a good king. Come to the first king. So you have to understand, but King David, see, you got some good king that came out of David, okay, out of Judah. All right. But, but that's what you got to understand. But when they came, they was king of Israel. So the, the kingdom was Jerusalem. In the beginning, God created the heaven that was Jerusalem, and then the whole kingdom of Israel called the earth. That's why the Bible said the earth is the Lord's because he's the king. And the fullness thereof and the world and all that dwell therein. Why would he say that? If you know anything about kings, we have a man here from Canada, Quebec, I think it is, isn't it? He understands this because the queen don't just own the territory, the queen owns the citizens. So when you hear in the days of the British, or the, when the British had all of the islands of the Caribbeans, they not only had that, they had also the people, the citizens. So when you had Rome, who owned all the territory of the, of the seven uh, churches in the book of Revelation. It was seven churches, it was seven cities, it was seven everything. There were seven people who ran the churches. Everything was seven. But anyway, Rome owned all that at that time. So when you say Rome, Rome owned all the citizens. So when you go back to Nebuchadnezzar, and I'm going to take you back because for Christ to have delivered the kingdom, he had to take all of this back. The people did not belong to God in the Old Testament, nobody but Israel. So when you hear them talk, you'll hear Daniel. When you go back to Daniel, he said, your people, Daniel. He had to say, your people. But when Christ died on the cross, Christ died for all men. So he died for all 
so he can now be Lord of all. Not just Israel, but from sea to shiny sea. Praise God. See, he's Lord of all. But he had to defeat Satan. He had to defeat all the principalities and the powers and the rulers and the darkness of this world to be able to get all his power back. So when Nebuchadnezzar was king, Nebuchadnezzar had all power. But he would not worship God and God destroyed him. See, that's the whole thing with people. They can't handle power. They cannot handle money and sex. The enemy will destroy you if you don't put that under control. He will destroy your future. He will destroy everything. That's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar looked over Babylon and he said, all this is his. His son should have known he came right behind him and began to get the glasses out of the priest's house and drink out of the same glasses that were given to the priests of Israel. And while they were partying, the Bible said, and they were writing on the wall, many, many, Tiku Yufasa. You were tried in the banishes and wanting. This day God has taken away your kingdom. He did the same way to Saul of Tarsus. First king. So you have to understand that when I'm reading today in three days and three nights, I'm going to show you in these three days and three nights, Christ took back everything that Adam lost. When I say everything, I mean everything had been given back to him. And when he rose from the dead, he announced to the disciples, all power has now been given to me in heaven and in earth. And when the church ever can come to that realization. See, you can't, you know why you can't, you can't really do nothing, don't do nothing inside of you? Because you think he's still coming. But when you realize that when he rose from the dead, he announced all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Everything is back under his feet. He has been made the head of all things. And then he gave his power to the church. I'm going to show you in the word. So this mess of the day, all of it's going to happen in three days and three nights. This is the way I like to look at it. When Christ died on the cross, buried and raised again from the dead, three days and three nights mean to me that he finished all things, it was the end of the old world and it began a new world when Christ was raised from the dead. See, the, see, the devil was not the God of Pontiac. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 4. See, you understand, if you don't understand the word the world, you don't know what the Bible is talking about. The devil was not the God of Pontiac. He was the God of this world. And Paul knew the God of this world was Israel. The world was the promised land. The world was called the earth. So that's why I'm going to show you the devil has been cast out three times. The last time he was cast in. 
See, you don't have to walk around in fear if you know the word. What verse I just told you to go to? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. Watch what Paul says. Remember the verse 3 says, if his preaching was not, look at verse 3. Why the people who were not saved, why people not saved can't get the word? Why they can't receive the word? Why people not saved can't receive the word? What's pulling people away from God? What's keeping them away from the church? Watch this. In Paul's day, this is what Paul told them. He says, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Why are people lost? And they don't understand this. Now remember, he's not the God upon that. So watch what it says. He said, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid of them that are lost. And then verse number four says, in whom the God of this world. Now this world right there was Israel. See, in the book of Revelation, Israel is called Sodom, Sodom and Egypt. In the old covenant, it's called Babylon. All them words you're talking about, he's talking about Israel. All right? Watch that in verse 4 again. In whom the God of this world, the God of Israel, because remember, they had rejected Christ, has blinded their mind of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, watch who is the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. So when you reject the gospel of Christ, you are rejecting the image of God. The word image of God there is the spirit of God or the finger of God or the hand of God like I gave you last week. See, that's who you're rejecting. You're rejecting God himself. That's what the word is, the image of God. Who should, should shine? Who, who, who is the image of God? Person. See, that, that's why you got to understand what I gave you last week. I gave you the spirit of God. I gave you the hand of the Lord. I gave you the finger of God. And so when you go back and look at the finger of God, you got to know who wrote the Bible in the old covenant. Look at Exodus chapter 3, verse 18. So you have to understand who wrote the Bible. Let's go. Let's do something. Let's do the same thing. We're going to do it different. Let's go to Gospel of John, chapter 8. Watch this. The Gospel of John, chapter 8. See, you have to know what the Word says. That way, you don't have to worry about being fearful. See, when you say Christ reigns over all, He is both Lord and Christ. See, you are, that, you are, if you was in the old covenant, if you was in the old covenant, you'd be, you'd be jumping up and down to hear that because in their day, Satan was a god of this world. And he ruled the old covenant through kings like Nebuchadnezzar, Darius of the Medes and the Persians, the king of the Grecians, Caesar the king of Rome. He ruled there and he ruled Israel. Because they would not obey God. But if they obeyed God's word, God would not allow them king to rule over them. God put them in Babylon under these kings, even 70 years in Babylon, because they would not obey. The way they lived. That's how it was in Old Covenant. He used the enemy to punish his people. 
But in the new covenant, it's not so. He gave them a promise in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse number 17. Write that down. And make sure it starts out with no weapon when you see it. And in and, and John chapter 8, let's go down and look at verse 4. I'm not going to read the rest of it because here's this woman was called the very act of adultery. Now, when this woman was called the very act of adultery, these people brought her to Christ. Don't forget that. It was men who brought this woman to Christ. And this is what they says in verse number four. Master, this woman was taken, remember, she was taken in the very act of adultery. Now, that, you, got, you, got to, you got to be able to be just plain open your mind. If she was taken in the very act of adultery, they had to be there. You can't get me in the very act of adultery unless you're in the same house I'm in and in the same room I'm in. Come on, think with me now. All right. He didn't say he saw her. She was taken. The scribes and the Pharisees in verse 3 brought to him a woman taken in adultery and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Master, this woman was taken in, this, in adultery in the very act. We, we, we pulled her, we pulled her from underneath the man. Or we pulled her off the man. Trying to help you think. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Deuteronomy 22, 22, we're going to go next. They said this tempted him that, that, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and the Bible said, and with his finger, he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, he that is without sin among you. Wait a minute, he come home. He said, now, he that is without sin among you. Let him cast the first stone. You who brought her to me. And he stooped down and he, again, and the Bible said he wrote, on the ground. And the Bible said, being convicted by their own conscience, he went out, they went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone, and the woman was standing in the midst. Then he asked and said, Where, where, where's your accusers? Do anybody accuse you? Said, no man, Lord. What, wonder why. Here it is. Look at Deuteronomy 22, 22. Then we're going to go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 18. See, you have to understand what Jesus wrote. They quoted to Jesus the scripture. You got to understand that's what Satan does. He quotes, always try to quote to Jesus the scripture. That's why you got to know the word. See, that's what the devil said to Christ in the temptations. So if she's trying to tempt him, he had to use scriptures. 
Uh, somebody listen to me. If the devil is going to tempt him in Matthew, Mark, and Matthew and Luke at chapter 4, he tempted him using the scripture. He used the scripture and said, the scripture says. So you got people who don't live for God, but they'll turn around and use it for their wife. They'll say the, the word said. <laughs> Let me move on. Now, in Deuteronomy 22 and 22, watch what the word does says. If a man be found, remember that she was taken. If a man be found, laying with a woman, married to a husband, then they bring, then they shall both of them die. So if you want to know what Jesus wrote, this is what he wrote. Deuteronomy 22, 22, with the finger of God. If a man be found laying with a woman married to a husband, then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so shall they be put away even from Israel. So he kept on writing. And they began to see him writing Deuteronomy 22, 22. Not only the woman shall die, but the one who had been with her. So now they began to drop their rocks. And walk away because what they had done was worthy of death under the law. But the kids, they didn't, they know Jesus wouldn't tell it. Don't tell it, Jesus. See, only Jesus knew what, what they'd done. So he could have exposed them, but he did not come to judge the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He could have said, you was with her last night. Matter of fact, you the one brought her. If you brought her, you had to be with her, right? But see, he didn't get into that. He just rolled on the ground. So when they began to see Deuteronomy 22, 22, man, this guy, we're going to walk away because we could die for this. Because if other people found out that they were one of them, they could kill them right there. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 3, verse 18. Why did he write with the finger? Because they were supposed to know who he was. Exodus chapter 3, verse 18. See, they were supposed to know who he is because he wrote the, the Ten Commandments with the finger of God. Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 18. I gave you the wrong Exodus chapter 3, I got the wrong verse here. He wrote the finger of God. I wrote down the wrong thing here. Uh, if I buy the finger of God, I put that down and I wrote my wrong note here. The finger of God. Let me go back to my... Yeah, that's one of them. Let's, let's do that one. That'll bring me back, won't it? Exodus chapter 31, verse 18. The finger of God. Exodus chapter 31. See, we got several of them. Exodus 31, 32, 24. Now watch this. In verse 31, 18. Let's start off right there. It says, and he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of stone, two tables of the testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. 
Somebody said, written with the finger of God. All right, let's go back to chapter, we write there in chapter 32. Let's look at verse 15. 32, 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mount. Two tables of testimony were in his hand. And the table was written on both sides. One side and on the other side written. And the table was the work of God. The writing was the writing of God. Graven on table. All right. So they was written with the finger of God. All right. Let's look at one more. Exodus 24, 12. Back up to chapter 24. Exodus chapter 24 and verse 12. Yeah, that's what I did. I, it was 3118. I wrote 318. Nah, nah, I see. Yeah, I got 318, 3118. Thank you so very much. All right, Exodus 24, 12 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me in the mount, be, be there, and be there, and I will give you tables of stone, a law and the commandments, which I have written, remember, which I have written, that thou may teach them, which I have written. Well, we know that he wrote with the finger of God. All right. Now, my point was, God wrote the commandment. He called Moses. We, the, the movies show him up there. And Moses. He already wrote the command when Moses got up there. But anyway, let's move on. But that's, that's Hollywood. It's okay. All is good. All right, somebody say amen. amen. Now, we're going to show you Satan's judgment. Look, look at Luke 10, 18. Let me get this because I, I got to get this out of here. The gospel of St. Luke chapter 10 and verse 18. Jesus says to his disciples, they came to him telling him uh, that the devil was subject to them through thy name. The seven and when they returned. They said, Lord, verse 17, even the devils are subject unto thy, through thy name. And then verse number 18, where we're at, here we go. And he said to them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. You're going to put that in your notes. He fell from heaven. Now you got to understand, if, if, if you don't know what heaven is yet, you're going to think he fell like, hey, come, boom. He blew a hole in the earth, you know. And then maybe that's how we got hell. See, you don't know what Jerusalem, if you, know, if you study the Bible, Jerusalem was heaven. If you go back and study Daniel, Daniel prayed towards heaven. Well, if he prayed towards heaven, what did he pray toward? He prayed towards Jerusalem. You go to Isaiah chapter 6 to 5, you'll see the new heaven, and the new heaven is Jerusalem. Let's just do that. Go to Isaiah chapter 6 to 5 first. So we saw him fall from heaven. Come on, did you see him fall? Let me ask the camera over here. Camera, did you see him fall from heaven? Luke chapter 10, verse 18. Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven. See, I'm trying to give you the word. See, you know why people still fear the devil? Because they still think the devil around here in Pontiac. Fearful, just fearful they can be. Scared of the devil. Now, if you, you can't, you, you listen, there's a spirit of the devil. You got to understand, we're talking about the person. We're talking about the person. Lucifer, Lucifer himself. 
So, but they are spirits. Satanic spirits. Satanic spirit won't bother you if you don't bother them. Let me tell you what I mean. When you sit and cut your TV on, you watch evil spirits, you're, you're inviting them. You say, it's okay to come in my house. Okay to come in my house, okay to come in my life. You don't bother them, they don't bother you. See, it's no different with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit won't come in your church if you don't, if you don't do anything to allow them to come in. Just go in there and sit down and do a move. Holy Ghost, yes, okay, won't bother y'all. But if y'all get to dancing up and praising and shouting and rejoicing and Holy Ghost said, well, look at here. Let me come up in here. Because they're calling on his name. They're praising his name. You understand what I mean? You get kind of praising and worshiping the Lord and speaking the word, mending his word. He, 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 he just comes on up in it because this is, this is where he belongs. So what we do calls the spirit to come. So if we end up in places where there are demonic activity, it's because we allowed it. If you set an atmosphere for the spirit, he will come in. If you set an atmosphere for the devil, satanic spirit, they will come in. They are attracted by satanic music. God is attracted by the holy music. That's why some stuff we don't do. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. See, you, you decide what you want. <laughs> I don't have no time for no devil. Don't have to worry about no devils. All right, so that's why we don't celebrate Halloween. That's why I tell people, you don't want to do that. You walk around here with a devil costume on, the devil going to like, that's my house right there. Look, I, I can see my image. And the old pastor, my child can't sleep. Leave the devil alone, devil leave you alone. It's no different, it's just like honey, just like bee and honey. If you go in that tree and mess with that bee, you better be fully protected. You better have on the whole um, of God. <laughs> Praise God. Ain't that right? All right, let me give you another. Now, I just showed you Satan was Jared. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. Isaiah 14, 12. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to three days and three nights because I want to show you the three days and three nights mean it was the end of the world. It was the end of the old kingdom. See, he came to end the old kingdom. Adam was the head of that kingdom. And Satan had taken that away through deception, Eve deception. And now Satan was the god of that world. So when Christ came, he came to take it back. And when he did, he took back all. Okay, so here it is, what I tell you? Isaiah 14, 12. He said, how have I fallen from heaven? Remember, he, he's, Jesus said, I saw. So you have to understand how the Bible works. This is how the Bible works. You have to know what's spiritual first, and then you'll see what happened naturally. So if you don't know what happened spiritually first, see, Genesis 1 and 1 is all spiritual. Nothing has been created. I mean, nothing has been manifested, seen, but everything been created. See, in the beginning, God created. See, that's Genesis chapter 1. In chapter 2, and God formed man. Now you can see him. Do everybody understand that? 
All right. So that's how things go in the word. So when you get the when I say every, the end of the world, the end of the world happened at the cross. Those three days and three nights, God ended Adam's kingdom and reign. He ended the devil's power. He destroyed the devil himself, made a show of him openly, triumphed over it. Spiritually, took all his power. But now you had to see the manifestation of it. And that's why you have 40 days and 40 nights. Adam built an ark and then he had to enter into it. And then 40 days and 40 nights later, the flood would come. I'm sorry, once he entered the ark, the flood would come, but it would last 40 days and 40 nights, then everybody would be destroyed. Who would not in the ark? Christ built the church. And when he built the church, it's when you entered. You did not enter into the church after you enter the church on resurrection. So you have to understand when Christ's body temple was finished being built and God raised Christ from the dead, everybody was in it. But you could only get in it at that time. So God saved all men in Christ. But there's not a manifestation unless man accept and believe and trust the word and receive Christ's work, what he did. You got to look back and look at what he did and believe the work. He died for your sins. So you got to understand, you just can't say he died. That's what we got the man behind that all down. Hey, hey, he died. Listen, that's not going to say nobody died. He could have been shot. He died. He could have been hung. He died. That's not salvation. He died for your sins. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Forget what I just said. I'm going to have to take the last 10 minutes for this. See, salvation happened in three days. Christ's suffering, Christ's death, Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection. That's salvation. Last Sunday, we celebrated Christ coming into Jerusalem. What Sunday we call that? Palm Sunday. What Sunday will be for Palm Sunday, if you know? See, that was the Sunday before Palm Sunday. Lord, help us. All right, let me tell you this. What was this past Friday? What was this past Friday? You say Good Friday because that's what folks taught you. See, that's why we don't do that. Now, if you go look at what the Bible says, the Bible said it was the first day of Passover. 
Religion calls it Good Friday. And then you got people get up and say, what good about Good Friday? <laughs> Ain't no more religion. Last Friday, the past Friday, was the 15th. And the 15th is the first day of Passover. And how long do Passover last? Seven days. Passover will last you until this coming Friday. So when you hear folks telling you that we're keeping the Passover feast, they have to go to St. Louis and stay seven days. See, they're keeping the feast. Passover is not a feast no more. Once something has been fulfilled, it Christ becomes that. Now, let me, you got to hear me real good what I just said. Everything he fulfilled, he became that. See, remember I am that I am? There was that. So everything he fulfilled, he became that. Who do men say I am? I am that I am. Well, I fulfill the Passover. Well, I am that. Everything he fulfilled, he gave you the that. Do, how many understand? So if I go back and name the seven feast days, you know, I'm telling you your Bible, you know them by heart. I'm going to give you the first three, Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. You got three. Number four is Pentecost. Ain't but two left, three left. So when Christ died on the cross, he said, I am the bread of life. See, they even realized what he was saying. I am that bread. So when the next, next would be, when you got the feast, unleavened bread is a part of the Passover. So that's why he said, I am the living bread. I am the Passover. I am the blood. I provide my own blood and my own bread for the Passover. I am that. So when you look at the thing he did and then the resurrection, I am the resurrection and the life. See, resurrection and life is not a day. Sunday is not a Sunday. And I know we like to say this is Resurrection Sunday. And that sounds real good, but resurrection is not a day. Look at John eleven twenty five. 25. Resurrection is not a day. Resurrection is a person. You got to start seeing everything as a person, Christ himself. People still saying our church is Pentecostal church. And don't realize Pentecost was about 50 days after Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Christ is your Pentecost. You got to know what Pentecost means. Do anybody know what Pentecost means? Lord, I got some work to do here. What happened on Pentecost? If you know what happened... It was the day the Holy Ghost come in your life and everybody Pentecost is different. Your Pentecost ain't my Pentecost. John eleven twenty five. 
Watch what they said. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. Resurrection ain't no Sunday. And I know I'm not here to rebuke him. It's won't you understand. Let us not say resurrection Sunday. Or oh, this is resurrection Sunday. Resurrection ain't not a day. Resurrection is a person. Christ said, I am the resurrection. I am that I am. I am the bread. I don't need the bread on the table. I am the bread. I don't need to baptize you in water. He is the living water. See, if you go back and look at all the things that I am, all this stuff folks doing in the churches, they're just doing stuff. How have I fallen? That's why I was, right? I see I'm not going to mess with that, right? I'm the resurrection. Everybody see that, right? All right, let's go, let's go back to Isaiah 14, 12. I got to finish this. I open it up. See, I'm going to show you, starting next service, because I want to teach the resurrection, but I want to show you, I'm going to show you Jonah. And you got to understand, he is saying, there's only one sign I'm going to give you, and that's Jonah the prophet. You have to know what happened with Jonah. Because that's who Israel was in the day of Christ. They were Nineveh. And you have to know the revelation there. Jonah did not want to preach to Nineveh because he knew the Lord is merciful and he's going to forgive them. So he went to Tarshish and bought him a ticket, got on his boat and went down to sleep. If you go back and check Jesus' ministry, guess where he was? The Bible told you he was, they had to wake him up. He was on the ship's sleep. And they came and said, Cares thou not that we perish? See, he's not like it was with them. He's not bringing peace to us. He is peace. See, when the Bible talk about the kingdom, you got to understand the kingdom. Go to, go, go to, go to Daniel 2, 4 to 4. I, I moved again. Boy, y'all in one of them services. Go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. It was hard to find, find Ezekiel to go for. Find, find Ezekiel and go for. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. So you have to know what happened there. Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, in the days of these kings. So it cannot be in your future. It's something, man. Jesus told you in John 12, 31, now is the kingdom of this world. I'm sorry. Now is the judgment of this world. 2,000 years ago. And yet people would tell you judgment is in your future. See, you, you got to stop listening. You got to shut that off. You got to stop listening to them spirits. John 12, 31 told you now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the kingdom of this world be cast out. <coughs> the God of this world be cast out. That was Satan. And that's why I gave you, you I hope to get to back to it sometime, but that's why I gave you Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. That means you can look at it later on. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Thou son of the morning, he was called the morning star. 
And that's why the Bible told you in the book of Revelation, stars were falling from heaven. How are you cast down? He told him, you shall be cast down to hell. And he was. That's why the book of Revelation says in the chapter 20, verse 1, that he was cast into the lake of fire. But people just don't get it. They just, well, no, you know, the devil, the devil, the devil. Flip Wilson's dead. Uh, some of y'all young don't know what I mean. Daniel 2, 44, in the days of these kings, talking about Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, Mies and the Persians, Caesar was the last one. In the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Did he set it up? Sure he did. He came preaching three things. The gospel of the kingdom. What was the gospel of the kingdom? Romans 14 and 17 said he came preaching righteousness. He came preaching peace. He came preaching joy. Peace, my peace I give to you. Not let the world give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. When you see me rise from the dead, your heart going to rejoice. He came preaching the gospel. He came preaching the gospel of the king. He came preaching righteousness. Psalm 40 verse 8 told you. He came and he preached righteousness. Got to understand what he did. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And the kingdom he, he has, watch what he says. In those days of these kings, the God of heaven shall set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. But this kingdom, righteous, peace, and joy, going to break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. The kingdom of God shall stand forever. Amen. For as much as thou, thou sawest that the stone, he's talking to this Nebuchadnezzar, the stone was cut out of the mountains without hands. And this, this, this stone, this rock, going to break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God of heaven has made known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure, O king. My time is already up. You live in a day where it has already happened. Don't let nobody tell you that this hadn't happened. The kingdom has come, and he is the king of the kingdom. His kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy, Romans 14, 17. So the thing about it, do you have it? Are you in it? Colossians 1, 13, God has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. See, the thing about it is you need to make sure you're in the kingdom. That's why Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You hear people hollering about, I ain't got this, I ain't got this. Are you in the kingdom? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things shall be added. You want to worry about what you're going to eat, you want to worry about what you're going to drink, you want to worry about what you're going to put on, just make sure you're in the kingdom and the king of the kingdom take care of his citizens. If he's the king of the kingdom, then the citizens are his. And if he's the king of the kingdom, then the citizens are his. Don't, would he not take care of his citizens?
1 Corinthians 15. Come on, get on your feet. Give the Lord a big hand for what you heard. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received in where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received. How? Here it is. We're going to get to the next service. How did he die? How Christ died for our sins. How did it happen? According to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again the third day. Why the third day? According to the scripture. Hey, I'm telling you right now, don't miss the next service because it's going to connect a lot of information that I was not able to give you at this time. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. Make sure Jesus is your Lord. He is your stone, your rock that will bring down everything else in your life. You let him in your heart. He will take over everything in your life. He will rule. He will reign in you. My time is up. I thank you for yours. The door of faith is open unto you thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.